0: Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM and I have been so blessed in my life with people that inspire me that I'm joined today by uh, a wonderful amazing renaissance man Uh, he inspires me with so many different things and when we think about inspiration we think about what it is in our lives our greater purpose the things that really bring forth uh, our lives and what it is that we do and some people say well you know I'm not creative I'm not inspired by anything. And and a lot of times I think in life we do get a little lost. We get uh distracted by what's going on in the news, uh what's going on on our phones, what's going on in the the little dramas in life and we forget everything that's around us that really is a wonderful source of inspiration. And so I was joined by a wonderful friend of mine who is truly amazing and an inspiration to me and we were talking about that just yesterday about what it is that you draw on in your life for inspiration. So first I'd like to welcome him. Uh, James Bristol is joining us today and uh, so welcome James. How are you this morning?
1: Very good this morning Lisa. Thank you. Hello. Hello everybody. Uh, (laughs) Yeah it was really wonderful meeting with you yesterday and hanging out for those couple hours. We always tend to touch on a lot of topics when we hang out you know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it is. It is. It's so. It's so amazing. And I've had the blessing of having uh, Eric Alexandrakis, who is is I think a soul brother of yours. He's he's a musician. He's very creative visually. And um, so I just want to give you, uh, our audience just a little bit of background about you. So you grew up in upstate New York and. Uh, when I talk about James as a Renaissance man, he is really, truly just that. I have never met somebody other, probably than Eric, that is so creative. You can look at something and not only draw it and translate it into a drawing, you can create it as a painting. You have um, started to explore the wonderful world of stained glass, so now you bring things into more of a, a three-dimensional reality, uh, bringing things off of paper. But not only that, you can take a piece of land uh, and see and envision something that maybe somebody saw as something just discarded and and you really create it into something beautiful. Uh, James has a wonderful ability to do the most beautiful jewelry out of wire wrapping and finding stones and, and other things, and he brings it together into just something Seamless that is really, really, really cherished, and and he puts his energy into it. He really is quite thoughtful, and and uh, so we'll we'll delve into that. So I, I'm just curious, James, when you were growing up in upstate New York, you know, as a child, because a lot of people will say, well, you know, I'm not creative, or how do I find inspiration? You know, there's nothing that inspires me. Um, could you give the audience just a little bit of what it was like to grow up where you did and how you sort of developed this unique perspective and view on life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, uh, it, it was nice. I just recently visited, uh, it's it's a Northern Adirondack region of upstate New York. When we say that it's about as North as you can go in New York state. And it's a really beautiful region up there. Um, you know, growing up, I grew up with a lot of, uh, we'd say, woodsmen. <laughs> you know, there's a mm-hmm. great logging community up there, but hunter- hunters and fishermen. And and it's funny, I was kind of a, the weird kid that wasn't really into those things so much. But, mm-hmm. you know, it really did instill in me the love in, of nature, um, living in that region, you know, the, you know just surrounded by nature that I really, you know, grew up away from. Computers and maybe maybe even like any other modern things. You know, we didn't know we were that poor growing up just because we had we had enough and we were we were comfortable. I grew up in a large family. I'm number three out of six kids in my in my family unit there, and uh, so there was always sharing happening. And um, you know, we would always uh, spend a lot of times in the in the woods. And I grew up with a little dog. Um, so you know, as maybe a bored child might do um and you would just explore the your environment and uh luckily for me it was mostly nature you know it was mostly uh you know my the backwoods behind my house and then we'd go on adventures to to a lake i grew, spent a lot a lot of time on a place called trout lake with a with a friend of mine and um you know, I don't know. I, I I felt like I was a little bit of an oddball because I did spend a lot of times looking at tiny things. <laughs> more, maybe more mm-hmm. than people thought. I was something was wrong with me because I would just be looking at the dirt or just you know playing in a in a little puddle or something like that. You know, it's 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 those those times that we can spend in in the small things that I think really you know got me to you know appreciate the, the living environments that are beneath our feet and above our heads, you know? And, and I think that's maybe where, you know, I draw a lot of my inspiration from is like, you know, how I, how I gaze into, into nature, into circumstances, even, even things that might seem inert, you know, you look at them in a certain way and you'll find a whole a lifetime or a whole story or a whole background, you know?
0: So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it, I think you know you're you're absolutely right. I had um, the wonderful gift, I guess, of being able to go to a lecture here at the Carnegie um, during the Carnegie lecture series, and they had he was a, a naturalist, a biologist, known as Edward O. Wilson, and he was a little bit different than a lot of American biologists and uh, naturalists because. He studied ants, and he kind of got that nickname, the Ant Man. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and but you know, I, I found him so fascinating because he would be on the ground, and he really he really started studying, uh, you know, the biodiversity of insects and of nature, and how things uh, worked. And it, it just. It To me, I, I just, I left there with, I guess, fresh eyes, I guess, because uh-huh. there was so much that he saw looking at the tiny things. And I was like you, James, that I did similar things. I, as a, a kid, I used to, I was fascinated when I would lay in grass. And, you know, just have that view and see like the peaks of the grass and see all the different colors and then run my hand over the textures of things. And uh, I I just really, um, you know, there were just so many things to be amazed by. And I, and I think somehow we've kind of gotten away from that in, in, uh, um, mm-hmm. other cultures. They do, you know, <laughs> they might be, you know, studying butterflies or they might be, you know, they might be in their garden. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that we do to survive. And, and I think that as you described yourself growing up in a poor family, I think you grew up in a very rich family that there was yeah. a lot of things that, that, that lifestyle afforded you. Now, now, when when did, did now did you find yourself then like as you were sort of exploring this microcosm uh, that existed beyond you know <laughs> when we're standing up and examining mm-hmm. the tiny things? Um, what what were some of your insights or discoveries? Or did you find yourself wanting to draw them? Did you want to you know? I I just would love to hear a little bit about that. Uh, what that was like for you
1: um you know yeah i think i think initially as a child yeah they they gave me crayons and uh and some paper and and I kind of just uh went to town and, in, in in that uh in my mind and and i think i think I was very much encouraged because uh you know there wasn't a lot of kids doing that, everybody else was playing in the mud, you know they're playing ball and that sort of thing and and I was very much an introverted child, so when they found that I was doing something productive. They, you know, very much encouraged. So I think being told that you're an artist might've been my initial encouragement to, to do that. But the, the practice was just so gratifying that, you know, Mm -hmm. not only feel accomplished inside, like people were, people were seeing it and, and, and really appreciating it. So I think, I think just feeling appreciated in, in what you do can really, um, you know, perpetuate you doing that, you know, it's just going to make you feel good one way or the other. And, the other end. um, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I could say, like, it's, it's, yeah, I was, I was just being very introverted as a kid and, uh, just ex- exploring these, these worlds, um, you know, and I, and I could say, you know, they they encourage that because otherwise, I think they would be worried about me <laughs> being on my own. some and that might have been a concern for my mother or father at some points, but uh, but ultimately, it, it turned out to to my benefit and, and other people's benefit. So,
0: right, right, I know, and I think you're absolutely right, Matt. And not only. Um, And I forgot to mention this when I was uh, (laughs) introducing you, you know, not only are you an artist, but you're also a musician. So did you find like at that same time you were discovering art, you were discovering music or was it like the sounds of nature or other things that kind of uh, brought that all together for you in, in your realm?
1: No, you know, I think, I think music came a little later. Music came when, uh, I was a angsty teenager and I was like getting a little frustrated with my circumstances or, you know, the real things that are going on, the dramas of, you know, teenage life in the boondocks. I, uh, you know, I, uh, I had a, I had a friend, um, who's, who's, uh, whose parents just got them some new instruments and, and uh, the one brother wasn't really into the bass guitar very much. And, they, they, and the parents just got him this, just, you know, as a gift, as a teenager or whatever. And uh, they weren't super into it. So, you know, my friend Danny gave me my first uh first bass. And, uh, you know, I've been a bass player ever since then. At, at the age of, age of 12, I uh, just picked it up. And it was really such a beautiful release from... You know the chaotic reality that I was experiencing at the time, which was you know tumultuous, uh, you know, the uh, you know situations with you know the, the adults in my life and things like that. But um,
0: mm-hmm. well,
1: so I think it it's a, like... it's
0: really helpful though because you know some I think you know you're you're not alone. I don't know any person that's alive on the planet that doesn't experience that. And when you have the tools. And you can anchor into something that inspires you, like music or the bass or whatever else it is. It sort of helps yeah. us navigate through those those challenging times.
1: So, yeah, I think with music, I, I gained a similar peace of mind that I would get from from drawing. It's like you can kind of phase out of, you know, whatever is playing over and over again in your mind and and kind of be present with where you're at. And I think, I think anything that can allow you to do that is, is, is worthwhile to, to practice. And, and, um, yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, I would get, I would get the, uh, you know, going to college or even, even growing up. Oh, you're so, you're, you're so talented. And, and I would, I guess I would take that and I would appreciate that. But ultimately it's, it's, it's just a pursuit interest, you know, it's just, uh, I'm, I was talented because I felt so good in, in the practice of playing music in the practice of drawing. It just was such a peaceful moment for me, uh, among, amongst a kind of chaotic world and, and, uh, and yeah, music will do that. And I think, uh, there's, there's lots of things that we can, Call art forms that uh will will take us to this place of peace and and ultimately I think that's that 's what why I 'm so good at things is because i 'm choosing peace for for all these years right.
0: oh no i think I think that's a, such a wonderful and fabulous insight and i'd really love for you to speak to that a little bit because i I know for so many individuals they 'll say you know well oh, i can 't do that or they they put up roadblocks now things are a little bit easier because there are tutorials now people have put out on YouTube and other social media sites that will help you navigate through things. But I think for a lot of people, it's just that obstacle and I have uh, another individual that I actually had referred to you for drawing, you know, to maybe go join in some of your drawing circles, the figure drawing, because he's never he wanted to take up painting and he says, I'm a terrible artist. I can't draw you know, and he's trying to teach himself and he and and I and, and he started watching Bob Ross and some other things. And wherever we find that encouragement he went out and bought some paints but you know, he experiences frustration, but I really have to applaud him because he hasn't given up. And, and so mm-hmm. sometimes it's in finding a mentor, but sometimes it's just through your own self-exploration. So like when you, you got your crayons and you had your drawing, um, so what, what did some of that process look like for you? Like how you kind of evolved through, uh, the different parts of creativity to explore other medium, et cetera?
1: Oh gosh, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I I don't know. I I kind of want to like yeah, re reiterate the um, the idea of just uh, finding peace. You know, wherever mm-hmm. it's at. Sometimes it's just picking grass. <laughs> you know, I think right. I think a lot of times in my mind I wasn't even doing a making making a certain craft I didn't have an idea in mind of what I was gonna what the outcome was going to be and I think maybe that might be the trouble with a lot of people that are trying to learn to draw they have an expectation like oh this is my this is one of my favorite artists I want to start learning how they do it and do it like they do but the the thing is you have to do it like you you can't You can only do it like you are going to (laughs) do, you know, and you're only going to find that out by, by doing it without, you know, without the, the expectation of becoming something else. So, um, there's, there's, uh, kind of a, a letting go of, you know, expectation that kind of comes along with learning and practicing, um, and getting, and getting good. Um,
0: right. Well, and I think that, you know, the idea of perfection, I mean, society today, it's it's all about trying to look perfect, be perfect, whatever, and there is, and that's what I love about nature, because, you know, nature is perfect in exactly the way that it is. I mean, if a tree needs to reach light and it grows crooked, it grows crooked, and it's you know, it, it, just because you, you have this little tiny acorn and you put it into this gr- in the ground and it grows up to be this fifty foot oak, but you don't know exactly how it's going to unfold, where the branches are, what you know, what part of it's going to break with the wind, what part becomes strong. Uh, what's gonna grow up around it, uh, what parasites are gonna <laughs> invade it. But it, it, it stands there strong and as you said, like even in peace. So I think that's a really mm-hmm. important, uh, thing to sort of anchor in that, that as people are sort of searching in this chaotic world for that sense of peace, that no matter what you do, it's gonna be perfect for you. And mm-hmm. that is really how you attain that piece. And that's actually what I said to this individual who was critiquing their drawing. Well, you know, you sent me a, a picture of it. And I was like, that's wonderful. You know, you don't have, who knows what the expression, what your art expression is. We don't all have to be realistic painters. Um, mm-hmm. And even even in sculpting. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I like about you, I mean, and this is what I find so fascinating even about working with glass is you have to break the glass in order to create something, right? Yes, yes and, absolutely. And, right. And I'm sure that as you're cutting, I mean, in, in you know, you're know, you cutting a piece of glass, you may draw it out, but at, when you go to break it, it might snap differently. So now you can either choose to discard it or you can choose to work, again, in that, sort of that sense of peace to create something maybe a little bit different than what your expectations were.
1: I would say yeah, working with glass, yeah, that's a that's a medium that definitely requires you to be at peace in your in your mind. <laughs> you can't you can't break glass angrily. It won't work out. You know. Mm-hmm. But it's a funny process. But uh yeah, yeah. Um uh yeah, I want to want to say like the the process of learning to get good is where the magic actually is it's not in your end product after all i mean you could make a masterpiece and only you know, some people will enjoy it and probably they've seen masterpieces like it before and they're not that excited as you might be creating mm-hmm. it and it's in it's in the it's in the process of learning that you find that you have your own signature and that you have your own own like dialect of how, how this would turn out. I, I do these life uh, figure drawing classes and I, and I'll have a live model and, and I'll get a lot of people that like my, my one friend Genevieve, for instance, you know, when she, she first started, she was just wants to be really good, you know, wants to do, do the, you know, be a, be a great figure drawing artist. And within the first class, she was just like, ah, you know, I'll never be this blah, blah. blah and, I, and I just encouraged her, you know, just, come back next time, you're doing, you know, you made, you made progress today, you know, she might not have seen it, but I, I saw what, what progress she did, within, within three sessions, she, you could definitely tell the progress that she had made, and, and with figure drawing, it's funny, because we're all drawing the same figure, but everybody's drawing is turning out different, you know, so Mm -hmm. every class, we have a show and tell where everybody puts their drawings down, and man, I'm just so, so inspired by, individual flavors of how they interpret what they're seeing. We're all seeing the same thing subjectively, but here we are like, you know, interpreting it differently or at least it's coming out differently in the medium. Uh, And um, to me, that, to me, that's fantastic. To me, I I love to see that no matter if they get really, really good, they're still going to have that, flavor of that style that, you know, is going to be recogni recognizable.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and I think that's a really dynamic and really important thing because we all, I don't think there's any one of us who will ever see the world the same way. We just don't it, it, It's, it's physiologically impossible. You can't see through my eyes. And so there are things that, and that's what inspires me actually to be able to spend time with you because sometimes I feel like I'm just rattling off, like going from one topic to another, like I'm just, I can't focus on anything, but there's so many things that inspire me when I'm with you that I'm like, okay, look at this, look at that, look at that. then I kind of have to, you know, and I leave you, I go, oh, and then I reflect on those things and, and I love being able to see you know, obviously, I can't really see the world through your eyes, but I love to be able to, to anchor into those observations. And I think it creates for me a sense of wonder because I, I on the show, I, I joke about me being the, the woman of wonder because a lot of times something will spark just a, a little tiny thing and then it'll lead into, the, I wonder about this and then I wonder about that. And it's kind of like pulling a magician, pulling a rabbit out of a hat. I'm not really sure <laughs> I'm really going to pull a dove out or a, or a rabbit, but you know, here's this thing and it's really one of like life's mysteries. And, uh, and I think that really for me, that's what drawing inspiration from life is is really all about because, um, uh, and I remember when I moved to Pennsylvania, and and I don't know if you have the this, and a lot of people may not know, be familiar with the sycamore tree, but when I would take my dogs through the park and I didn't really know what this particular tree was called, but I looked at it and I'm like, that looks like camouflage. And then I'm thinking, oh, I guess that's where they got the idea from camouflage for was from a sycamore tree and how the bark peels off and all the colors. And, and from mm-hmm. season to season, you may see the same tree, but the bark will never be the same because as it, it, as it evolves. And I think that's really who we are every day when we get up. Um Yes, I, I am still the same person. I'm a day older uh, or a day younger, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, and, uh, I, but I, I'm not the same person that I was yesterday, and I think you begin again, and, and I think that that for me, um really is, is about how we create and how we sort of begin each day with a, a set of fresh eyes. So I'd, I'd love your thoughts on that, like as, you know, when you what brings you wonderment? Um, what are some of the things that become potential for you? So as you sort of start your day, you may have an idea of what, you know, James Bristol's day is going to look like, but how you sort of allow and and perceive the magic of what's yet to unfold.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a funny and sometimes tricky one. Um, as an, as an artist or an illustrator, or, you know, as a creator in general, creative person in general, like there's sometimes days are just not feeling creative. (laughs) You know, there's sometimes you, you wake up and everything's kind of gray or whatever. And, but I, I feel like those are, those are the gestation periods, you know, those are the times to reflect, or those are the times to like, you know, fix your sink or do the <laughs> practical things of your day. Sure, so I, I try to really, really balance, you know, how I feel. And, you know, reading star charts, I think it's fun and helpful, uh, to really, to really engage Be like, Oh, do I, why do I feel like a little muldrum today? Oh, it's, you know, it's, you know, my stars are here or there. And, and, uh, you can really, uh, I don't know. It, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm also, I'm also saying like, I I sometimes am inspired by the things that go wrong in my day. And, and, and those Mm -hmm. are, those are, are, it's, that's an interesting art. That's an art in itself to be able to look at the situation and, and also find it beautiful in its own way. Um, you know, I want to say like most of like most of the greatest songs that we love so much came from somebody's heartbreak or they came from, Mm -hmm. You know just the the lack of something you know and and I want to say like life is just so full of the the ebb and flow of creativity and and then the drawback and then just a peaceful time and then you know a, a time where everything's tumultuous and 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 just staying in a mode of observancy, I think really allows your mind to really capture um those dramas and really uh and then you you hold them dear no matter if without without judgment if they're good or bad they're just they're just beautiful in their own sense and and uh and and it's it's hard to explain to um to the full extent because you know nobody wants to go through hardships nobody wants to feel pain of a a loss of a, a loved one or something like that but it's in those experiences that we we grow into these new forms and we grow new new petals for our flowers, you know, we grow new, uh, new ideas, good things. And, um, um, you know, for me, like creating a painting after I've sat and thought about something for days or weeks or perhaps years, sometimes you're, you're, you're something's on, on your mind and, and it won't come out until, you know, years later when you really adjusted it and really, um, trans Transformed the the feeling from something that's maybe helpless to something that you can actually do something about, and uh, and what you're doing is might be just an artistic rendition of the story. And and God, it, if that's not the most most kind of beautiful pieces of artworks I've ever seen, you know. And sometimes it's just scribblings on a paper, but you can tell that what that person is going through by those scribblings. If you if mm-hmm. you're those and
0: right. Oh and, and <laughs> yeah. right. And when I met you and it was so interesting because I, I don't have as much time for art, but I love I love to create. I used to do found object art and I would scour mm-hmm. I would walk through the flea markets and Uh, You know, sometimes it would be a really interesting fork I would pick up. I love to create things with old watch park, with broken things. You know, Uh I would find broken frames and I would find the tiniest little pieces and I would you know glue them in and you know figure out how I wanted things to do and put a mirror in there and you know or make jewelry out of little things and I still have boxes and boxes in my basement of all those things I found and and every now and then I'll look through and I'm like oh look at this isn't this great isn't this I, I haven't had much time over the past few years to do it but I probably will eventually get back to that but I think that when you when you you never lose sight of that. So you get, maybe you get distracted and you go through and, and I love what you were saying. Like so many things come out of tumultuous times. I, I think about, you know, a thunderstorm. I mean, you, you, you have this, you know, it can be a peaceful night and the wind will start to pick up and, and then all of a sudden, and you know, it can really create a lot of havoc. But then when it's done, I mean maybe you're gonna to have to go out in the yard and pick up branches or whatever else it is, but there's this incredible peace mm-hmm. afterwards. And you mm-hmm. just go, Wow. Um, you know, and, and, and I think in when whenever we're in, in a situation, I have a, a dear friend of mine who just bought a house in Morocco and, you know, he's been trying to get his house together so that he can move in, and here they have this earthquake, and he messaged me, he said, you know, he was driving down the road, he said the buildings were shaking, the road was shaking, and, you know, he, he I think mean, it truly it, it shook him up, you know, and he, he kind of, he had to he le he left, he went back to Cape Town, then he went back, he was originally from Switzerland, went back there to spend some time and just, like, sort of recalibrate it, and a lot of us aren't able to, to, to do that. So when you, when, I, I guess that, that's maybe my question. So when you do have, whether you, you, know, you go fix a sink, so you have these times where there might be something tumultuous and then how do you kind of, separate yourself from that and then go into that quiet space where you can regroup or, or maybe some skill sets that might be useful for our audience members that are listening that maybe don't don't know how to quite disconnect from those times
1: that's a, that's a great question because that might might be it's like you you kind of have to practice just being quiet with yourself you know you have to practice i think what ha- i should say what what helps me is just practicing when things are calm, just being in meditative state, being an observant state. And the more
0: mm-hmm.
1: I train my mind to just be in observant state and be in a calm state, the more I can be present with the storm. It's like when the storm is happening, I can revert to my calm state and revert to my meditative state. And it's, and if you're not practicing that, you won't know where to go. You won't, you will be part of the storm and just get tossed around with it. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say like just just being being present with the storm when it's happening, and the storm can be an actual storm or it could be you know a, a friend losing their shit or whatever you know
0: and right
1: um and, and just 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 allowing yourself to be present and actively listening like intent intent intently listening is is a huge part of kind of weathering the storms i think and and you know and 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 the more you practice that you the more you're going to realize like everything is in passing you know every moment is in passing and there's nothing that is too so horrible that it's going to be stuck forever that you need to react in in any kind of violent or you know uh, a way that that doesn't you know doesn't deserve compassion and
0: mm-hmm. um
1: right <clears throat> yeah i think yeah. just the practice of meditation and and you know things things like drawing is a meditative practice for me so it's like i don't sit here like a monk all the time i i draw it's one of my meditative practices and there's there's other things like sewing or you know you mentioned that i'm make, making these wire wraps this mm-hmm. is very much a side thing as these wire wraps but it's part of the thing that just quiets my mind you know, and, and I think mm-hmm. those practices are the things that are most important to keep to stay, right? That when you're on the, yeah. On the and, storm, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, and you know what? You're absolutely, and I love the the fact that you brought that up because the you choose a gemstone and or crystal, what or or even maybe you know I've seen you do. Wire wraps out of a lot of different things, but you you, know, you kind of you look at that shape, and then you allow that wire to kind of flow where it needs to go. And and a lot of times, I'm sure you empty your mind and you don't think about it. And I think it's a it's a really powerful skill to master. Uh, or maybe you don't even do it consciously. But when we allow things to go the natural way, and you don't force it. Things beautiful things unfold, and and I, I I do believe that we've become a little bit disconnected from that allowing state. And um, you know, I, if you would speak to that a little bit about um, how you find yourself or open up to that state of of allowing what's meant to flow through.
1: Yeah, um, you know, it's funny. I uh, I have an Instagram. Earthworm art is my Instagram and and uh I I enjoy visual art and I got social media for visual arts and, and to, you know, for the social aspect and things. But I can't think of anything more draining of my inspiration than looking at other people's art all day, you know. It's like Right, wow, this is amazing. You're looking at it and you're you're somewhat inspired but it's it's a different kind of inspiration. It's it's more of an appreciation than inspiration usually when I see other art, I'm just like, wow. So, and then, but what it does is take the wind out of my own sails. It's like, Oh, that's been done. Or I will, I will think that's what people want to see and then I'll, I'll start creating something that's like that. And then I just feel okay. Cause I didn't actually make this thing. And how can I actually take credit for this thing that, uh, that, you know, is just part of the, part of the, uh, the the trend right now, and that's the thing with trending mm-hmm. things—they're bound to be cliche very soon. So it's like anybody right. who's looking for inspiration, don't go to the internet <laughs> for it. You know, yeah, for sure. Sit with yourself, you know. Sit with your surroundings. Maybe you know it's your any any given person is gonna find something in their in their own world to draw inspiration from, whether it be the rocks under your feet or the argument down the street or, you know, the birds over your head, it's like just draw something that's uh you know, just around you now. You know, be yeah. observing your you know, your now space is all there really is and and if you are drawing from the now space then that's that's what that's what makes makes beautiful art, in my opinion, and that's that's what gets all the you know, TikTok follows or whatever, is because somebody out there was sitting in their now space and created something from that now
0: space, Right. Not, yeah. Not from,
1: you know, the algorithm or whatever.
0: And then, no, I and, guess, and modern, go ahead, please.
1: Yeah, yeah, just in speaking to the modern world of, you know, where we are now with creativity and, and AI, too, is a whole other subject that's, you know, the stuff that People are creating with AI is just completely, utterly, fantastic and beautiful. But like, you know, they're, you know, it's 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 a, it's a tool. It's like using a tool for for a different purpose, in my opinion. And right. Um, it's uh. Yeah. I don't know. That's a whole other topic. I don't want. <laughs> I could almost. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> no. That's okay. <laughs> but you know, I and I just wanted to address as you were you were saying about you know art. You you find your own. Own type of art. Now, for me, when I I was I bought my first house, it was the worst house on a good street. But I could see the potential. I could see things in there that were beautiful. It, it took, you know, it had been on the market for five years, so it had a lot. Of, it had a needed a lot of TLC. Now, my house is brick with just a little bit of wood. And when I wanted to paint it, I thought, you know what? There's nothing very spectacular about it and I I chose purple and I choose, chose this peacock green and you know all of these other colors and you yeah. know painted a little sun on the top but I it was and I now I'll never forget it my little neighbor boy Adam knocked on my door and he said um, he said I just wanted to tell you my mom doesn't like the color of your house <laughs> and I I was yeah. like Well, Adam, I said, thank you. I think he was eight at the time. I said, thank you very much for letting me know that. I said, but when you have your own coloring box and when you own your own house, you can do whatever you want. Mm I always had to laugh about that. But I I think, Mm -hmm. you know, and for you, you you had a vision, you you know, what you uh I, I just want to give out your website is uh it's warriorwindow.com dot com. It's again it's all one word, warrior window dot com, so you can see some of James's art. But it your artwork extends not only in the the physical things that you do with a paintbrush or do it with a with a a pencil or a pen, uh, or glass. Um, but you also have created this amazing space, this space called Owl Hollow. And in, and when that you saw the property initially, it was not, I mean, it, the, the lot next to you was a junkyard. Um, and you know, you have really brought forth the beauty and created an amazing space. And I'd love for you to talk about that because that is, so inspiring to and it's created a place for people to commune and um do a lot of different things so uh, and and i think that that's something somebody can do even in their own backyard even if it's it's a garden or whatever but um i'd love to, to for you to talk about that about creating uh, an inspirational space to be in
1: you know i i think that's one thing you and i both have in, in common is 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 really taking care of uh things that have been neglected and are just like poor 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 things you know or tattered things or broken things we just have a soft spot in our heart for for things Mm -hmm. that uh have potential you know and and uh you know well this this the space that i live now is uh wasn't it wasn't just me um that initiated this when I got here. Yeah. There was, I, I bought this house and on either side of the house was, yeah, it was a total junkyard. There was houses that were demolished. There was, there was a kitchen stove and then there's shoes and there's just like all kind of junk. Um, and a lot of like wild invasive plants. And it was just like, it was, it was a total mess. Um, but just up the street from me, it was, is my good friend, D Schreiner And, uh, Dee is uh, Native American. She's actually a uh, descendant of Lenape, which is a native to this region, um, and I wanted just to, to give the original caretakers of this land the acknowledgement that, uh, you know, the Seneca, the Wyandotte, the Lenape, and uh, Unde I think, were one of the, another tribe that was here before modern man came and um, built their steel mills. Well, we did a lot of things before steel mills came in, but... This neighborhood, um, the history here of this house was, like, a bunch of row houses that were built for the steel mill, and my house is mm-hmm. built in 1902, so it's it's very old. <clears throat> it's got some very old bones, but a lot of, like, re- uh, messy remodels, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, initially it was my neighbor D that told us this house was available, and we moved in. I, I moved in with my band at the time, with the, this band Hills and Rivers, and if Anybody likes uh Appalachian folk music um that's very much nature centric check out the hills and rivers uh we had three albums and we made a bunch of music here and yeah with with myself and some other hands we you know cleaned up a ton of garbage and built a little stage and since then we've had been having some backyard uh, um performances and my heart has just been filled up completely with with the people that come here and create art and create music. And, and that, and that's just, ultimately that was a side project, <laughs> you know, that was, mm-hmm. that was what I was doing in my spare time cleaning up the yard and, and having these shows and, and it's so, so dang fulfilling and it's so fulfilling for, for other peoples to come and experience what local folks have to offer, you know, from their heart space. And it's, and it's really nice to, to have a space dedicated to that, um, I mean, I could go on. What, what, uh, what else should I <laughs> say about? Yeah,
0: well, you know it, Actually, you know, interestingly, there is a, a gentleman. I did, I took his master class. His name's Ron Finley, and he is known as the Gangster Gardener. And he really he grew up in like South Central LA and where there was really a food desert, where there was nothing, um, yeah. you know, these they'd have these strips. And what's so interesting about it is he didn't really know very much about gardening, um, and he kind of created, he, he started, again, like you did, picking up the garbage, cleaning up, and, and starting to plant trees, planting trees, like fruit trees that people could pick fruit from, and he made it such a beautiful place. And the community... Uh, the local government took him to court (laughs) said he didn't have the proper permits to be able to do that and so he let this go and it didn't take very long until everything got overgrown again and that it became just a mess of garbage and um somebody said to him like why did you give up and so he thought to himself you know what he went back and he he cleaned up everything and he started growing again and teaching people in his community to grow food and to really appreciate the space and really drawing inspiration from that life that he was, where he was in, which, you know, the, like, how can you, what can you plant? What can you do to change these different things? But he, he was brought to court again and he said, no, forget it. He said, I'm not doing that anymore. He said, I'm not bowing down. But he, you know, he, so now he teaches people how to regenerate their land just as uh-huh. you did, um, to uh-huh. see a vision. And I, and I think that that's really important because a lot of the inspiration that you, you bring people from all different walks of life to Owl Hollow. Um, whether it be for an acrobatic show or for music or for a drumming circle or for a figure drawing class, um, and, and you know that not every event is going to be for everybody. But there are events where people can commune, and, and usually you'll, you know, you'll have a potluck where people share food, and I think that that's what's really fun about the food too. You never know what somebody's going to bring, and think, well, should I bring this or should I bring that? But it all kinds of works out, and everybody's fed, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, everybody bringing a little bit makes a lot of food, and that's 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 been a very um, just been a staple of when we have shows here. It's just, it's usually automatically a potluck, and when when I, I find when there's when there's food and music, it's like everybody's family all of a sudden. It's like when we're eating together and and there's music involved, it's like somehow just brings everybody to a space of you know utter comfort and trust.
0: Mhm. Oh, absolutely. You know, without a doubt, and and I think that not not only is there their trust, but it, it a lot of times you know people come up, and, and you know there's just I don't know, it's just sort of a I, I would like to see uh, that extend into other communities, you know, not just in in Owl Hollow, and and I'm glad that you spoke to the fact that that used to be a steel. Like sort of like a, a steel town area, because really the people were brought in um from they came from other countries and they would come in they would go to to work and and perhaps the rest of the world isn't this so i'll share this there's something that's known as the Pittsburgh toilet <laughs> there was the men would come in from the mills and they would be they would go right into the basement because they would be so dirty but that is really, and you, you talk about the Lenape, you know, it's almost, that's honoring that heritage of the people who created the city that we live in and the rivers that flow through. And, and I know that you do, and you found a lot of inspiration from the rivers that flow through this mm-hmm. city and, uh, and mm-hmm. from some of the other natural things. And you've done a lot of work. And, and it's, and it, it's just because it makes you feel good cleaning up public lands. Yeah. Um, there's inspiration, and, and what do you? How do you feel when you, when you do something like that? And I'd love for you to speak a little bit to what it inspires you to to see somewhere and, and feel the energy and want to create something beautiful out of that space.
1: Yeah, I. If you have, if you're mm-hmm. inspired to do something and that land is calling you, don't don't stop because of a piece of paper or somebody that doesn't even live there is telling you you can't do the thing. Um, good example, I was showing you yesterday um, on the corner of my house. I don't own this property. I don't know how much, you know. Uh, I don't know. I I think a human being owns it, but, you know, I can't get a hold of them, and, you know, who knows what the town is doing about it. But the, cor- the corner of <clears throat> Nansen and, and Flowers Avenue was just consistently littered with trash, you know. It was just like a constant thing, uh, people would come through the neighborhood and just like think that was like the place to throw their, you know, McDonald's food or whatever out. And, um, you know, for the long time I was just picking it up. And then next week it would be the same thing. I would go out there and pick it up. Um, and at one point we decided to put a book house down there. So I built a little book house out of, you know, an old shelf I put a little door on it and painted it all pretty. And uh, as soon as I did that, the trash is went to almost nothing there's like nobody throws things there because there's something there that is is beautiful or seems like it's... to me it's alive to me I'm I'm an animist so I just feel like everything has its life and its like purpose and for mm-hmm. me, you can create you know you know inanimate things do have life but if you're creating something that's even more life so this book house has its its own thing and now that people see that they are totally inclined, not inclined to, to throw trash there anymore. So, um, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I might have negated your initial question.
0: No, you didn't at all. No, no. And actually you actually sparked something else because I, I tend to, it's hard for me a lot of times to see things that somebody can use that gets thrown away. And so a lot of times if I'm driving by, I'll pick it up and, and it, it, you know, people, <laughs> what are you doing with that? But if I see something that somebody else can use, I'll either, you know, put, post it online and say like, you know, curb alert, um, there, there's this dresser, uh, there's this, there's that, um, or I'll pick it up and then I'll take it to uh, one of the local thrift stores so that somebody can use it. Or I'll call somebody that I know and say, hey, um, somebody just put this out for the curb, um, Maybe you can, you know, can you use it? Uh, it does, not always do they want it and not only, you know, do I, is it something that I can always put in my car and it's, sometimes it just breaks my heart. I'm like, why, you know, how have we become, because there's so many people in need, I guess is part of what it is. And even a, a chair like, you know, with a, a broken leg can be repaired. Um sometimes I, I had, I had a piece of furniture years ago and I, I had a matching piece to it. I don't know how they got separated. They, the one came from Denmark, but I was up in this area where there's lots of little treasure stores and I thought, oh my gosh, that's like the matching part to my piece. And they were never open, but I knew somebody that opened had a business near there. And they, mm-hmm. I asked them if you ever see them, ask them how much they want for it. And it was they only wanted twenty five dollars because the back legs were broken off, and I'm like, "Oh, sold, <laughs> no problem. Wow. Broken, not a problem for me. I'm so happy." Um, and and it was, you know, I had somebody make some legs for me. They traced the ones from the front, and they they had that skill set, and I was happy to pay them. And I have this beautiful piece of furniture that matched my other piece of furniture. Um, mm-hmm. And I was so grateful that it wasn't discarded just because there were two broken lights and, and the person afforded me that opportunity to buy it for $25. Um, but that's, you know, I have a lot of things in my world that are like that, that uh, I have found uh, very reasonably and people say, well, where'd you get that? <laughs> where'd you get that? Well, maybe sometimes it's in the basement of a junk store. I mean, that's, that's part of, that's part of seeing the treasures, but you don't, necessarily have to go to a store to see that. I mean, there's treasures in nature. Like uh, Mm -hmm. I've seen you men make some amazing things uh, out of pieces of wood that you find in the woods. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. I have a a stock of funny looking chunks of wood that are bound to be something someday. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. it's uh, It's
0: okay to have that. Thing that's going to be something someday because in, it will be. You, you have that vision for it, and you feel it, right?
1: And, and ultimately, I have, I have the space now. You know, once it gets to a certain point, I do do a reorganize and clean out and that sort of thing. You don't need a bunch of clutter, but as long as you're uh, in a space where you can feel productive and, and, and uh, uh, yeah, broken mirrors are another thing. I've been trash picking a bunch of broken mirrors, which is which I think is a nice irony because, you know, the broken mirror thing, it's like you think it's seven years' bad luck, but I'd love to just turn that bad luck into something extraordinary, beautiful and hopefully it'll bring somebody, you know, immense joy instead of bad luck.
0: <laughs> right, so, right.
1: Uh, transformation.
0: Do you uh, have any pictures on, on Warrior Window of some of the things that you've made with mirrors because they are really quite beautiful?
1: I think there is a couple mirror... Uh, mere things. Warrior window is, a, is, uh, more or less just an open gallery. Um, uh, my, my Instagram and my Facebook is usually updated a little quicker than my website. And that's, that's a warrior window on Instagram and or earthworm arts. I have a couple of Instagrams cause there's just a couple of different mediums and people only want to see either tattoos or they only want to see stained glass. So I have a couple of Instagrams for that reason, but, uh, I try to keep those more updated. They're easier to update quickly. hmm Um I've been making yeah three two dimensional objects lately too out of mirrors, which is kind of fun little um stars and disco ball type things. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just I've been I've been having some fun over the last couple of years, just hanging out in my basement and cutting glass and seeing what happens.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that that's, you, you know, you find that, that quiet space, you know, where you find your place of harmony to be connected to with whatever it is, that source of inspiration. And, 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 you know, some people say, well, you know, I work all day and I'm tired and, you know, just want to relax in front of the TV. That's, that's fine. And, but perhaps, you know, if, Cut your TV time down maybe a little bit, and you know, play mm. with something that you would would turn into something that really brings you a, a greater sense of peace than the latest sitcom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't I'm, have I don't have much time for TV, quite honestly. Yeah, in my world. Been, I don't either.
1: I, I haven't owned a TV in more than ten years. I haven't had a television in my house in a really long time. But, uh, but I, yeah, I would like to suggest anybody listening that, yeah, if they have a favorite show, just imagine how much time (laughs) if they put into, you know, practicing a trade, how, how good they would be. Instead of just like, instead of the time on this, this show that's been a series for however long, how much more you would feel fulfilled and also have free mind space. You know, if you just practiced a craft, um, with that time. And I, and I want to tell you that it's, just as it's not just as satisfying and more satisfying to just practice something. Even if you don't create something right away, it's just the practice of something is going to bring you peace. So if you have off work of a hard day at work and, and that's your, and that's your life and you just want to relax, like pull out some sewing kits or weave, weave something. Weaving is an ancient art that is just so fulfilling and it also produces something and, and you're, you're casting your intentions in it with every, you know, with every, uh, passive, whatever you're working with. And, um, yeah, I just want to say there's, there's magic out there to be had in your life. If, uh, if we just stay away from the sitcoms for a little while, you know, not sure. those are bad. I think, you know, I think film is an art form in itself and I do enjoy films, but I think, uh, there's, there's a point where if you're, if you're looking for fulfillment in your life, and like get away from the TV, get away from your screens, you know,
0: that's right. A, a, and, and I think yeah. the other part of it too, and that you had a really good point is that it, it's a, it's really an act of self-love that you are creating this for you. So after mm-hmm. you, whatever it is that you're doing or, or enjoying you know, yeah, you can show it to other people, but really truly know that it, it, it doesn't matter what somebody's opinion are. It, it's you, you're doing this for you. And it, it really, I think is one of the, you know, it, and as inspiration flows, it, things become, it, it grows and things continue and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And you find inspiration and even the smallest things. And we were talking about yesterday as you were driving down the street and how you see somebody and they're a stranger. And like, I do the same thing. I'm so glad I'm not the only one who does it is i I look to see what somebody's story is, so where oh, wow. you know where do they go and what is their life like and you know take your your i guess the focus off of you and really wonder about what it is that brings somebody else joy and and how do you express that and we talk about it a lot on the show, you know a smile a smile is well sometimes the simplest gift that you can give somebody in an act of kindness because it, and, and it makes you feel good too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't get into people watching today, but that's also another, another thing that I draw inspiration from is just people watching and it's funny. Yeah. And, uh, you can tell a whole, you can get their life story if you really observe the person and how they walk or how they dress or what they're doing with their time. And, um, and I want to say, yeah, engaging with people is something I feel like I've learned from hanging out with you for so long is, is like talking to your uh, cashier, <laughs> you know, and things like this, or talking to people on the bus or the people you bump into and, you know, just looking them in the eyes for a moment with, with intent of, of, of connection. Um, they, they have a choice to either connect with you or look away and, and it doesn't, it won't hurt you to just look into somebody's eyes that you're standing next to at the grocery checkout, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, and it's, and it's worth, a friendship that you'll you'll make and 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 it's and you the worst thing that can happen they will walk away you know and they won't want to engage right. which is is up, up to them and and that's fine and uh um but it, you know it's it's worth talking to to people and making acquaintance and learning stories and um that's right. that's another way I, I can find inspiration and uh you know just the Spread, spread the spread the goodness around, you know, and and I think compassion really is the uh, is the is the uh, the way to break any curse, you know, the way to break anybody out of their their cycle or whatever they're stuck in. You know, you see somebody in kind of a pissy mood or whatever, you just give give them your attention, and they may take it or they sure. may not. And, and uh, that's oh. you know, I'm, I mean, I'm finding a lot of gratitude
0: from doing that. Oh, well, you're you're so true. It's, it's absolutely so true, and, and I and I love that you mentioned. You know, even if the person walks away, they may you may not think that you have impacted them, but there may be just one or two words that in that exchange they've given you a gift, and, and maybe that's the best thing they did. Walk away, and then it gets you thinking. About other things, and and you start to draw on that inspiration, and whether you you write or whatever, or there's something maybe it's a color that inspires you to to go create something. Um, I don't know. I mean, I see I see a lot of things in my life, and <laughs> I take uh, you know. And it's interesting because I'm a lot like you. I end up using my phone to take pictures of some of the most minute things that I couldn't capture otherwise. Um, and I want to just hold that memory uh, and be able to look back through and then look at how, you know, the, the texture of this or the colors and, or you know, just, I had, when I painted my bedroom years ago, I saw just the tiniest little color and I knew that I wanted to do a color wash of the color on my walls and I couldn't find the color anywhere to get them to mix it to be exactly what I wanted. They didn't have the technology and, and and finally I was able to find something that was that could express the color that I wanted. And now I see mm-hmm. the color everywhere. It's like it became, you know <laughs> a yeah. hip color to have. But yeah, but it was, you know, sometimes it is. It's just that tiny speck of something and you go, Oh gosh, I'd really love to, you know, do something with that color. it just really yeah. you know, it inspires you.
1: That brings up that sort of brings up another thing I I, I thought about too when we were talking about drawing inspiration is is is, is the, the the gaze that you use, like how it's how you look at things that that can draw you inspiration. Um what, what what did I want to say? A couple of techniques. There was there's this thing I used to do a lot as a kid and I feel like I lost a lot of uh creativity or lost a lot of my childhood like expression because maybe society was thinking that this is not an appropriate thing to do, but what I would do a lot as a kid is is I would focus on my finger in front of my face, you know, like two feet in front of your face, look at your finger, and then take your finger away and focus on the space where your finger was and
0: oh.
1: and if you're and if you're in this mode where your mind is kind of focusing on the things the space in between things is where I see a lot of motion. You you can see a lot of things. Maybe, maybe I should say you could perceive a lot of things within the space between things. <clears throat> a big part of uh, looking at... Um, a big part of figure drawing is looking at the gestalt, where you look at the entire picture. You know, you're focused on the arm or you're focused on the angle of this going to there, but every time you draw the angle, you pull your gaze back and you look at the entire thing. So, there's this what happens is there's this this moment in between where you're focusing on a point and then you draw back to the the big thing and and all of a sudden you have like this infinite amount of information between your focus and your gestalt, I guess you could say your focus and your non focus and and I feel like there's a space there that is kind of hard to explain, but that there's there's a space there where I draw a lot of information and and I think that's where a lot of you know this the spiritual things lie I think that's where a lot of um maybe i could say like psychic people uh find find that they see see things moving or see auras and that sort of thing is is with 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 how you are looking at things it's not just what you're looking at it's like how your mind is using that information or Getting
0: there wow that's that's so so beautiful james i I just am so grateful and you know it's amazing an hour goes by so quickly here on on connect to love I just am I would love for you to come back because there's so much for you to share and and I'm just so delighted because um, you are really a, a divine and Blessing in my life, and, and I think in the lives of so many people. And you draw inspiration from so many different things. And I think that it's it's a wonderful gift. And I really am so grateful that you took the time to share not only th- your insights, but you know your loving energy because it's just so amazing and it's such a blessing. And uh, is there anything? And I just want to mention again, uh, James's website is warriorwindow.com or you can go to earthworm arts uh, on Instagram or warrior window on Instagram and uh, yeah so if is, is there anything you'd like to leave the the audience with before we before we close
1: well uh, just that i sincerely appreciate everything you're doing here too because having these conversations and putting them up there for people to find is some people just don't have these resources available or they're, you know, in a situation where these things are not in their environment and, and just to have something to listen to, I think is, is precious and, and should be, and should be treasured. which I, which I do. I really appreciate that you're, you're doing this show and have all the speakers, you know, in one place that you do.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I wish you all abundant blessings for a beautiful week and, and until Until then, please take care.
1: All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. You do the same.